Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which you've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. You make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural, and that's exactly what I aim to do on yet again another episode of The Secret Podcast on this Friday, June 15th, 2018. This is my first official evening of summer vacation. School just ended for me. It has been an exhausting week, an emotional week for me. I'll get into that a little bit later on this episode. I want to talk about, uh, for those of us that are empathic or those of us that have experienced what it's like to process the emotions of those around you, I want to delve into that a little bit uh, and try to brainstorm some stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to vent a little bit tonight. Got a, a whole mix of stuff going on. I don't even understand it. Uh, I guess, in, in uh, my psyche this evening. Uh, I'll cover a little bit of the news as well. You know, I, I want to I talk about something real quick, though. Um, I'm all over the place tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you guys right now. But the power of music, the power of sound. I know my brother will appreciate this, Mike Nappy of Nappy Music. But I, I came across two songs. I'll talk about one of them right now. Um, Justin Bieber, the song Where Are You Now? I've never really been a Justin Bieber fan. I've heard this song a few times throughout in the past, and I liked it, but randomly I, I got it in my head the other day, and I, you know, like I said, it's been energetically, emotionally, it's, it's, been a, it's been an up and down week for me, and I got this song in my head, and I, I listened to it once or twice, and last night I went for a run, and I never run with my phone. I, I never really download music unless it's my brother's stuff. Um, and I downloaded this song by Justin Bieber called Where Are You Now? And I'm out on my run and the the I guess the main part of the song kicks in. I, I don't have a, I guess the license to play it, but otherwise I would on the show. But um, that song took me from, well, I'm feeling kind of sluggish and I don't want to run to probably the most intense run I've had in 12 years. I have not felt that good running since I was a cop. Uh, all I can say is when I used to, when I was a police officer and I was in top shape, when I'd run, I'd say to myself, I can fly. I can do anything. And this song came on and it hit me. I think I sprinted for a, a mile and a half out of the two miles that I ran just running hard because I just kept hitting this song on repeat and it just had me going. There's power in music. There's power in sound. There's power in frequency uh, and power in our minds because before I started running, I was like, I'm just going to take a nice easy jog because I really don't feel like doing this tonight. And that song kicked in and oh my God, like I was shaking. I had this runner's high. I had this euphoric feeling. And in my head, I'm going, I can do anything. I am unstoppable. I am. I kept hearing, I am fearless running through my mind as I'm as I'm listening to this song. Just it was literally pumping through me. What is it about sound and frequency? I know there's some good research out there. Uh, you know, I've I've looked at it in a couple of my own uh, YouTube wanderings and research. Uh, you know, and I, I have my understanding of electromagnetism and frequency and sound, but let me tell you something. There is something to it. I remember when I was a cop and we had our final PT test and there was this guy, um you know, we called him the gazelle because he was our top runner. Like, I could run back in the day, and this kid just, he smoked me. And I, I had this video that I found online of these young kids doing parkour. Um, and the song behind it, the beat just, it, and it just, it was so motivating for me. So it was our final test, and I was like, you know what, I really want to kick ass on this test. We couldn't listen to headphones back then during, in the academy. So I just, I played the song in my head, just that beat, just that beat. And I fell into that rhythm. You know, my feet were stomping and every time the bass line was running in my head. And I beat the kid. I won. I got the top time. At least that's how I remember it. 
but I mean, it was it was amazing. I was saying, wow, I just had this song in my head, and I felt that times ten last night when I was running. It was it was one of the most intense running experiences I've I've ever had. I remember running, thinking, you know, I I, I don't have to stop. I don't have to stop. I just kept going, um, you know. And then this video is so creative. It's so it's it's a genius video. The people behind this video. Um, now I know. For those of you that study the occult, for those of you that study the Illuminati and all that stuff, um, you may be contacting me regarding this, talking about the symbolism and stuff that that's in there. What they did with this video, it looks like they took a printout frame by frame of every footage, parts of this video. So probably, I don't know, two to 4,000 frames, I would say. And what the frames are is Justin Bieber dancing. And they had, you see video footage of it, looks like hundreds of people in a room Everybody has a frame, and they're drawing just random pictures on it. Now, for anybody that's ever done video editing, you can upload a series of stills, put them together at you know .03 second intervals, and it'll play together like a movie. It's, it's animation, really. So there were two things going on. They drew their own animation um, on top of the movie of Justin Bieber playing. Thousands of images. So what you see is this... Uh, there's two separate things going on when you watch this video. You have Justin Bieber dancing, and then you have thousands of different drawings flashing through uh, at you know instantaneous seconds. Now, here's what's going through my head as I'm running. I'm, I'm seeing this video and, and doing a couple things with this. Um, if you've ever seen the experiments they do online of how fast you can read... And they'll flash a word up and they'll say, this is what it's like to read at 70 words per minute or something. Uh, and then it goes a little bit faster. This is what it's like to read at, at 200 words per minute. It'll go up to like, this is what it's like to read at 3,000 words per minute. And the words are going so fast. But because you're not reading left to right linear and the words are just flashing real fast in front of your face, I'm tracking it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is fast. I can't read a book that fast because I'm going left to right and I can't speed read. But when the words are flashing through that sequence so quick... I'm not only reading it, I'm comprehending it, I'm processing it. So now when you watch these images, when you watch this video, at least I, I'm processing it. I'm not catching every image. I can't tell you what every image is, but certain images are standing out, and you see UFO faces, and you see Illuminati symbolism, and you see all this different stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that the people that made this video are satanic. I mean, they had hundreds of people in there. Those are common things for people to draw when, you know, you, like in high school at the time, I didn't know what all these symbols were because there, you see these symbols everywhere. So I'm not saying that, in fact, the people behind, the people that know the music industry better than me, you know, you can speak more intelligently on it. That's not the point of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that subliminally, subconsciously, we're processing the information contained in those drawings that are rapidly flashing through that. And it got me thinking about something. Now, I've been talking about the course I'm going through by William Bankston, the hands-on healing method. Uh, and this is the guy, uh, you know, who's curing cancer, um, was treating tumors in rats. He, fascinating results. He said through the hands-on healing method that, he, that him and, and uh, you know, his colleagues developed, they would take rats um, and, and they would, rats would develop cancer. And they would start with this method with the rats, and they noticed that the cancer was getting worse. This tumor, the cells were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But he decided for some reason to keep going with the experiment. And ultimately what happened was the cancer tumor got real big, got real big, got black. The cancer tumor died and then disintegrated or fell off of the rat, and the rat made a full recovery. He then found that those rats, based on the healing that they were doing, lived twice as long as the other rats who didn't receive the treatments. Furthermore, they later re-injected these rats with cancer cells, and the cancer wouldn't survive within that rat's body without having any more healing. Something had changed within that rat where it developed an immunity to the cancer. What's the connection to that and Justin Bieber and me running? The connection is... What they use, I'm only the first part of this course. I'm, I'm taking my time with it. I've been talking about it for weeks and months. It's called rapid image cycling. And the first part of this course is what he has you do. And I'm not trying to give away his stuff. Um, but you make a list of things that you want to manifest in your life. And you get it, you generate a picture of them in your mind. Now, this is another research I've done. And I know, I know I've talked about this on the show. It's not, I wish I had a new car. I wish that I was rich. It's, 
what would it feel like? What will it feel like when I have that new car? So if you want a new car, you picture yourself in that car. You picture the smell of the leather. You picture how good you feel knowing that you have the new car. And then you hold on to that feeling as if you already have it. That's how you're communicating with this matrix around us, the universe. That's what it interprets. Again, side note, that's why we get the fear stuff in the media because they're programming you to program the matrix. That's how this works, in my opinion. So you can reprogram the matrix. And again, you can't sit, you're not going to get everything that you want because you have other people programming it as well. And that's all interacting. But this is how it works from what I'm under, from my research that I'm, and some of my experience. What Bankston does is you get these images in your mind and you rapidly cycle through them. He calls it rapid image cycling. So you have about 20 images and you just go through them fast. Um, and it generates a feeling within you. And you work into there with your healing. Uh, you know, the rats are better. And the feeling that you would get as if the rats are better. In watching the Justin Bieber video, I realized that's rapid image cycling. Now, I don't know that there's a clear intent behind all of the images that are in there. But I do know that that's possible. I do know that with the research that came out of the subliminal messaging that they were embedding into TV programs and movies... Uh, in the movie theaters, people were getting up and buying popcorn and buying sodas because they were implanting these ideas in their heads because it was rapidly flashing something across the screen so fast, subconsciously people were picking it up. So it was just another one of those fascinating things, how susceptible we are to influence and to mind control, which I think why it's so important to be mindful, to pay attention to your own thoughts and to your own feelings because then you can recognize, hey, this is foreign this isn't how I normally feel, or why am I feeling this right now? Because if you can do that, then you can sometimes pinpoint, this is not me. And you can choose to go with it, or you can choose to reject it. That's our defense right there. Now, sometimes that gets confusing, and I'm going to get into that um, in a little bit, and that's kind of what I'm dealing with this week when things become confusing. I'm going to talk about the news uh, a little bit before I do that, though. I got two interesting news stories, and then I want to jump over to sixcentsmedia.net as well. All right, so let's look at the first of uh, two stories that I pulled this week uh, in the news. And this one's talking about Mars. It's, it, it's from USA Today. It says, Could humans live on Mars? Absolutely, a NASA expert says. Uh, now, if you remember, scientists reported Thursday uh, that NASA's Curiosity rover has found potential building blocks of life in an ancient Martian lake bed. Hints have been found before, but this is the best evidence yet. Humans will absolutely be on Mars in the future, NASA Chief Scientist Jim Green told USA Today. And the first person to go is likely living today, he said. Now let's think about that. The first person to go is likely living today. Elon Musk claims that it's going to be him, and he's going to you know, end up living on Mars. But that's pretty cool um, to hear NASA saying that. Now, of course, delving into the conspiracy realm, delving into the, you know, the, what's known as the secret space program. Some alleged that has already happened, that there's already, Mars is already colonized, we already have people there, we already have bases there. Um, there's a side note I want to go on as well with this, but stand by. After the building blocks of life were discovered on the red planet, life on Mars and living on Mars seems to be less like a scene from a movie, the movie The Martian, and more like a reality. Now we see Mars as an even better location for having past life. Green said, it's just getting better and better. Mars is more Earth-like than any other planet in the solar system, making it an attra attractive second option for the human race. There's also a natural beauty on the planet, a grand canyon that measures nearly the entire width of the U.S., and a volcano the size of Arizona. That's a pretty big volcano. So, you know, this article goes on. I'll have it linked in the show notes at servicechange.com and at sixcentsmedia.net and in the secret newsletter that comes out every Sunday. Uh, but what's interesting, again, my opinion on this, and I heard another speaker this week say the same thing, NASA, I don't think, is ever going to come out and say, we found it, here's the smoking gun, we found aliens. I don't see that happening. Look at the recent disclosure attempts through the New York Times and the Washington Post with two the stars. They identified UFOs. Nobody wants to talk about what's driving them, though. Which I, I, that's beyond me. What we're eventually going to get through NASA is going to be, well, we found evidence of microbial life. Here we are. We found microbial life. It's possible to have other life in the universe. It's going to be a long time before they say we found an intelligent civilization. I really don't think it's going to come out. This, is, I think, is the plan. They're just going to kind of drag it along. 
but looking at other data that we know is deemed reliable through the remote viewing program, Dr. Courtney Brown, his first book called Cosmic Voyage, one of his targets was Mars, the Martian planet. And he tells a fascinating story. Um, I should, let, me, let me correct that. He gives fascinating data based on what he obtained through some of his remote viewing sessions. Now, he says there was a whole civilization on Mars, and that planet was struck with a giant celestial object. And the Martian population, many of them went underground and eventually left the planet. He says there's still a civilization there underground. However, a lot of them, he said, came here to the United States and are living deep below underground under some mountain. He also said some of them were transplanted to some remote part of a jungle somewhere, I think he said, in South America. Because they're humanoid in appearance, you know, very human-like looking. There's slight differences to them, but he said that they're here now. Um, I, I tend to lean towards that. Um, you know, even some of the stuff coming out of the the secret space program lore, um, as opposed to, well, we're just now finding evidence that there's building blocks for life. I, I just, I don't think they're telling us the whole story. There's just too many anomalies. Anyway... Let that simmer for a little bit, but that book called, is called Cosmic Voyage, if you want to look at it, by Courtney Brown. I read that book when I was 17 years old, and it really uh, opened up my perspective to a lot of different things and kind of helped shape some of what I, I've done ever since with my career choices. So this next article comes to us from nextgov.com, and it's titled, Intelligence Community Wants to Use DNA to Store Exabytes of Data. Now... My caveat, I'm not a doom and gloom guy, but this is a terrifying article here, uh, and it's something we need to be mindful of, and it ties into so much. I, I could probably do a whole show on this, so I'm going, I, you know, I need to do live shows so you guys can tell me, Nappy, shut up, you're going too long, get back on topic. But anyway, here we go. It says, the IC, meaning intelligence community, is exploring whether polymers could be the future of data storage. Now, as a side note, I, you know, I've been listening to other speakers as well. I think Jimmy Church was talking about this recently. He had a guest on, uh, I can't remember who his guest was, talking about how DNA st obviously stores information about how to build your human bot, build, build life. Um, you know, but what I've heard this through several people is that DNA also carries with it our racial memory. Um, so everything that's ever happened to our civilization, to our culture, is stored collectively within our DNA. We just don't have the ability currently to unlock that, and that could tie into some of this reincarnation stuff that we've looked at. Um, you know how there's that blockage put on us. Somebody, you know, made a comment: if if Einstein was able to live three lifetimes and not forget his previous experience, we'd be so much further advanced. But for some reason, everything the slate is wiped clean when we come back. We don't fully understand why. We have our theories, but so with that in mind as well. Uh, we have the U.S. intelligence community wants to unlock more efficient ways to store the trove of data humans generate every day, and it believes our DNA could hold the key. The Intelligence Advanced Research Project's activities last month issued a broad agency announcement seeking research teams for the agency's molecular information storage program, which aims to create a system of storing vast quantities of data on sequence-controlled polymers like human DNA. Selected teams would have two primary tasks over the four years initiative— build a tabletop device that writes data onto polymers, and another that reads the information once it's stored. Teams must also develop an operating system to index, access, and search data within the network. But the program's end, the system must be able to write one terabyte and read 10 terabytes per day and present a clear and commercially viable path to future deployment at the exabyte scale within 10 years, according to IARPA. As a comparison, one exabyte is about 4 million times larger than the storage capacity of the top iPhone X model. Today, exabyte-scale data centers take up huge tracts of land and can cost billions to build and operate in the long run. An infrastructure, IARPA argues, will no longer be feasible in the years to come. By 2020, the tech firm Domo estimates that there will be more than 140 gigabytes of data generated daily for each human on Earth. And as the Internet of Things expands, the number is only expected to grow. So they're saying we don't, we're not going to have the storage capacity to compile all this data. Number one, 
how much data are they collecting on us? I mean, we know that we know that they're collecting everything about us. My my growing theory on this is because a new it's going to sound wild if you haven't listened to my other shows. A new universe is being created. This universe is in the process of being replicated because we're just another level in a string of like those Russian, what do they call those Russian dolls where you have the bigger one inside, the smaller one inside, the bigger one inside, the bigger one inside, the bigger one. That's what it seems like our universe is, a copy within a copy within a copy. And each copy is variant and different from the copy before it. However, that's what's one of the things that's happening here. The other thing that's very concerning, you want to tie in the AI into this mix. Um, AI is going to have access to DNA, to our DNA. I want to use a caveat to a story. I know I'm bouncing all over the place. I hope it's making sense. I'm just making these connections here. I, I covered a story a while ago about scientists are using rat brains. They're taking the cells from a rat brain and they're teaching it. They're using it as an AI to pilot flight simulators. Now, is this sounding more and more like the Matrix, or is it me? Using human bodies for data storage and the generation of energy. They're going to now use human DNA to store vast quantities of data. Are, are we going to be somehow enslaved in some form of as some form of power plant to store data? Are we already being used to store, process, and transmit data? And is that just being reinvented? I suspect that on a deeper scale. I mean... You know, if you look at some of the UFO stuff, how they're calling us containers, what are we containers for? Could be our soul, could be something else. But if they're using DNA, I, I, I don't. I have these. I have these just dystopian nightmares and going through my head. And maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm just. I've read one too many conspiracy theories. But I hear this story and I think, oh my gosh, they're going to enslave bodies. And, and of course, they don't need the full human body to do this. But they're going to enslave DNA potentially harvest bodies to get the DNA and use it to store all this data at the same time taking the consciousness associated with that DNA and upload that to the cloud. It's a loose fit right now, but in my head it makes more sense and it's probably coming out. But that's one of the scary things about tech in this world that I think we're doing. And and hey, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe you're, they're going to create this great utopia and you're going to get to do whatever you want. But I just feel like that's moving us in the wrong directions, moving us away from that self-actualization, from getting to know ourself, getting to that higher self, and connecting with that higher source. We're instead creating a new, deeper source. And I'm sure there's stuff to be learned and gained from that, but I think we're moving in the wrong direction going that way. I thought I had something else to say on that, but I'm not remembering it at the moment. So I want to draw your attention to sixcentsmedia.net. Um, you know, Ray and I have been talking, we're kicking it up. Ray's starting to do a lot of work with video. I, I have some stuff coming up with video as well. Let me talk about what Ray's doing. Ray does the affirmation spot. Um, he, he's been through the sixcentsmedia.net. He's been linking stuff and just putting free content out to his website, the affirmation spot. Um, and you can get all this through sixcentsmedia.net where Ray gives you affirmations, things to listen to. We talked earlier about programming, right? About the rapid image cycling. Well, there's also audio audio cycling and mantras and affirmations. And an affirmation is saying something over and over again um, in, until it becomes a part of your thought process, a part of your psyche. It enhances your life. It improves your life. Ray is very good at that. And like I said, he gives away a lot of free content uh, on that as well because Ray just cares so much about just making this world better. Um, so he's got something here. He's got an article. I'm going to share it real quick. Uh, and it, it's got a great affirmation as well with a, with a video behind it and everything. So it's called Focus on My Dreams Affirmation. And Ray writes, Woo, that felt good. This is the first new affirmation I've recorded in more than three years. I've mentioned a couple of places that I'm in the process of revitalizing and expanding the Affirmation Spot platform. You're going to be seeing new content in new venues. One of my areas of focus will be video affirmations. The video that accompanies the affirmation has a powerful message in its own right. I'd love to hear your comments below. I hope you find this affirmation recording useful and empowering when you're facing the voices and forces of negativity in your life. The affirmation is set to a spacey track that gains power as it progresses. That's offset by relaxing theta waves. The affirmation is read in the first and second person for maximum effect. And the affirmation Ray has here is, I am immune to the negative voices and forces in my environment. I stay focused on my dreams. 
and then it's and then it's in the second person you are immune to the negative forces in your environment you stay focused on your dreams and he's got a video that goes with it and and the audio that goes with it is is phenomenal check it out Ray, I hope it's okay that I read that on there. I didn't, I didn't clear this with him first, but I'm sure he's okay with it. Uh, if not, I'll edit it out. <clears throat> but Ray is great at what he does. Um, you know. And, and if you've listened to the show, I, I've talked about the power of using tools like this, technology like this, to help you, to help change that inner chatter, that inner monologue, that inner belief system so you can start to manifest the life that you want. And Ray has some great tools out there Check it out, sixcentsmedia.net. It's called Focus on My Dreams Affirmation. And there's a plethora of other stuff that Ray has as well, um, other affirmations and then some that are worth, definitely well worth your time. So I want to spend a little bit of time um, talking about empathy. And I'm really freestyling here uh, and I'm really kind of raw here. I'm probably going to filter some, trying to filter some stuff out too, just because I think some of it's per, like, too personal to share on the air right now, but uh, where to begin? We're at it's June fifteenth right now. It's uh, twenty of eleven. Five years ago to this day, my father was about four hours away from dying, and that's where all of this began. Um. That's when I started really perceiving something else out there. That's when I really started tapping into something. And what I perceived was that there was some kind of spiritual essence that was attacking my father because it was trying to get my emotional output, my family's emotional output, and caused my father to suffer. Since then, I've, I've spoken to other people um, who've had similar experiences. I connected, you know, I did some readings from Food for the Archons this week, trying to draw attention to it now as I'm getting ready, you know, to move forward with this project. And I had a friend who's a hospice nurse reach out to me, and she says, Dennis, I've definitely encountered this, um, you know, in, in the many, many people I've helped transition. She said she sees the paranormal around certain people. Negative things happen. Um, they don't die. They, you know, it's, there's, it's obvious that um, there's something supernatural that's going on around certain people. That helps me feel like I'm not crazy because I struggle with that from time to time. This week is one of those weeks. I feel that as I read Food for the Archons, when I listen to the content that I put together and the well-researched and well-sourced stuff that I have, I'm confident that if I'm crazy, I'm not alone. I'm confident that the information I'm sharing is not just some weirdo in his garage who's, you know, this unintelligent, lost person who's just jibber-jabbering about, you know, whatever comes to his mind. I've got credible sources backing up what I perceived. I'm not the only one. And that's what started this journey with my father when he died of me, number one, trying to figure out, am I crazy or is there something to this? And then once I found out, well, then I may be crazy. There's still something to this. What is it that's to this? And what I found is that basically psychic communication is a natural part of the human experience and it happens on the regular and although we may not label ourselves as psychic, and I'm trying to get away from that term, it affects us all. We just may not realize how it's affecting us. Do you ever just end up in a bad mood sometimes? You're not sure why. Or somebody else walks in the room and all of a sudden you're, you're pissed off or you're frustrated or you're mad or you just got this feeling of disgust. On the flip side, somebody walks in the room and, oh my God, gosh, I feel like I'm floating in the clouds. This is the best feeling in the world. I enjoy when this person's around me. You're having an energetic communication. There's, 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 there's a transference of information, of data, that an exchange that happens among people without words, without gestures. It's energy. It's there. And it's not something 
paranormal. It's not something unattainable or unstudiable or unmeasurable. The Heart Math Institute's been doing a great job of measuring that. So I know this. I know this research. I've read this research. I've written about this research. I've sourced this research. I'm living this research. But then sometimes, you know, it gets overwhelming. Now, I've been sensitive my whole life. Now, let me give another caveat here. I I really try to find a balance, especially when I do this show. I, I don't, I do not want to come off and I do not believe that I am anything special. I am sensitive to certain things, but I, it's nothing that anybody else doesn't have. It's nothing that most of us don't do naturally. I think I just talk about it. Um, but when I was 16, I took a psychic development course. And one of my very first validations of something, um, that it was my mom, my cousin, Melissa, and I, we took this course at my local high school and the the teacher gave me an envelope and the envelope I didn't know what was in it and she said just start calling out everything that comes to your mind and again I didn't get this like crazy trance state I just said uh football sadness uh presence you know those I think those are the first three things that came out of my mind and she pulls out the picture and it was a picture of her and her boyfriend and I'm like, oh, well, I was way off. That sucks. I'm not psychic. You know, being 16 years old, my little ego was defeated. And she goes, well, let me tell you a story about this picture. This is my boyfriend. This was taken during a football game. But we recently broke up around Christmas, and I've been very sad ever since. So the top three impressions that I got all tied into the emotional content of that picture. So... That data is there. That was my first validation of it. I started reading tarot cards after that. Um, that was the method that I was using. I, was, I thought it was fun. I would go out to parties with my friends, and I'd do a spread, and I'd start getting information from my friends. And, and, and what's tough for me is that I'm very good at reading body language in general. I'm very good at what's known as the Barnum effect. And this is my full disclosure here. Um, and, and the Barnum effect basically equates to, uh, and, I, and I use this as a cop, there's a cop trick at the same time, But I could walk up to somebody and I could say, I'm a psychic and I'm getting something from you. You've experienced, you've experienced a hardship. There's, there's a challenge. There's something hard that you've been going through lately. And I'll look at their body language and their body language changes and they'll start nodding their heads and I'll start saying things like, I can't tell. Is it, is it work related? Is it romantic? Is it, and I'll start throwing out these buzzwords like I'm trying to process the information but at the same time, I'm watching how their body's going to react to what I'm saying. So as they deviate from their baseline on the words that I say, if I say work-related, then I keep bringing up different work scenarios and hitting the key buzzwords and keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. So I'll say 10 wrong things, but every time I get one right hit, that's what they remember because I keep following that storyline. And then they start giving you the clues like, oh my gosh, how do you know that? Yes, that's what's happening And now they're reinforcing me every time I get the correct hit. That's the Barnum effect. I can do that very well. So this brought some confusion for me. Um, Not that I ever defrauded people, but I like to to play practical jokes on people. Uh, And I've always done this. You know, try to convince people of different random things just to get a laugh. And I use that all the time. So what gets confusing for me sometimes is, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not reading them in that capacity. I'm not doing body language. I'm just getting an impression from them. Somebody walks in a room and I go, whoa, I'm feeling sad. I'm seeing sadness or feeling sadness coming off of you. Um, and it's not it's not the Barnum effect, but because I'm able to read people that way, so now I'm using my, my, emp- my empathic abilities and I'm using my ability to read people through that Barnum effect. And it creates a powerful way to extract. Extract sounds like a bad thing to say, but to, to get information out of people, to talk with people. Um, and in my experience, you know, I don't use this as a detriment for anybody. Um, 
But as a police officer, I did very well with people in having a mental health crisis because I was able to empathize. I was able to feel what they were feeling and at the same time read their body language and say the right things, what I know they, what I felt, and I don't say no, what I felt they needed to hear. And where most police officers, it would get to the point where you can't talk this person down. You're thumping them, putting them in handcuffs and getting them in the car because they are a threat to themselves and their family and everybody there. You have, they have to go to the, center, the crisis center. I'm shaking their hands and they're sitting in the car and letting me put handcuffs on them because I just, I have that ability to tap into it. But no matter how many times I do it, I always try to rationalize like, oh, it's just the Barnum effect. Now thrown into the mix, well, sometimes I see an aura and I start to get a feeling or an impression from that. And I talked about that last week. So I get all this validation and I'm not always right, but I do get this validation that this is something real. But then I have those weeks like this week where I just, I doubt it again. Um, not because anything in particular happened, but I feel that I was around a lot of people who were very emotional. Not, and that doesn't mean they were emotional in a bad way. Um, I, I was around a few people who were in love. Uh, I was around a group of groups of students this week. Uh, it's the last week of school. So their emotions, you know, middle school students, their emotions are just, they're so up and down. And I feel that I got caught up in that emotional roller coaster. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Like I can feel it on me. I can feel it in me. And it's it's been draining. And it gets to the point where now you don't know which emotions are yours and which emotions are someone else's. And I think that sounds really weird um, to say. So I, I think I'm just venting here. Maybe I'm just, this is just me. Maybe this is me trying to get it out and process it. And I'm trying to do it publicly. I don't know. Um, I know this happens to empaths sometimes. This is why they can't be around crowds for too long. Um, because it gets to be too much. And, and again, most of what I felt this week wasn't bad. You know, I, I've now I've dealt with the, the bad. I've worked in a, I've worked most of my last ten years in emotional support, and I have the negativity thrown at me, and that makes me feel like drained and depressed. Um, this is a lot of positive elation that I was feeling among you know students and people. It's still making me feel uh, I don't know confused, a, a little bit drained, trying to sort out again where is Dennis. Um, cause there were just, there were just some intense emotions, you know, and then I just started thinking about this different people that have come into my life, um, you know, throughout my lifetime and how some people, I just knew they were going to be trouble from the minute I met them. Um, and sometimes that intrigued me, you know, as an empath, that's a, that's a road we go down sometimes. I can fix this person. This person needs my help. And and that's, I guess, where I'm getting at is, and maybe that's why I've been drawn to do some of the things that I do. I want to apologize. I'm not, I hope I'm not coming off braggy. I, I don't mean it. I'm, I'm really just trying to vent and understand. So I hope I'm not sounding that way. But um, I'm really trying to understand this. And I'm really trying to to share this because I want I want everybody to understand this because I think we can really use this this talent that we all have, but I think we need to also be able to guard ourselves and protect ourselves from it. But if you think of frequency and vibration, there are some frequencies out there. The best example I can give you is if you have a tuning fork. If you get a tuning fork, let's say it's tuned to four hertz and you hit it. If you're holding a tuning fork in your other hand that's attuned to four hertz, even if you didn't strike that tuning fork, it's going to start to vibrate. You hit one tune, you hit one fork, it'll vibrate and the sound waves and the energy travels to the other fork. Now they're both vibrating in harmony. Sometimes you meet people in life that are at the same level of vibration as you. And just being around that person, 
you start to vibrate just like them because you're so in sync. You're so in tune. This is what I've experienced, you know, throughout life. The heart math has done studies on empathy and has found that when people start to get into a state of empathy and they're hooked, you know, they're hooked up to all sorts of different monitors and stuff, husbands and wives in particular, when they're empathizing with one another, their heart rhythms fall into sync with one another. Their body, their body um, movements start to synchronize. They start to sit the same way. Their respirations start to fall into sync. Like all these things start to happen. You are literally in sync with that other person when you're demonstrating that empathy. And I think that we can we connect with people through our hearts with that. Now, on the contrary, opposite that, when you encounter somebody who is negative for you, who is opposite, not, not negative for you or not a negative person, but when you encounter somebody who is of a different vibration, of a different frequency that doesn't harmonize with you, that actually disrupts your output, you feel it. You don't want to be around them. They just give you a bad feeling. It's it's energetics. It's energy. We don't always understand why we don't like certain people or why something bothers us. But if you think of yourself as that tuning fork, there, the, the energy just doesn't work. This is what I've perceived in my life and experienced because it's just what I feel. And it's the best analogy that I have right now. Now, I think that there's other people who... They don't have the same frequency as you, but you can still create a level of harmony between you because your frequency, whatever you're putting out, helps strengthen the signal that they're putting out. Maybe you make a new tune together, a new harmony together, if that, again, makes sense, trying to stick with this analogy. And I find that as an empath, that's when we come into contact with somebody who you feel you need to fix, you can change your vibration to harmonize with them. You empathize with what they're going through and you can take on their vibration. You take on their feelings. And in turn, then you say, oh, well, now I feel what they're feeling and now what I'm going to do is I'm going to use my energy and slowly change their vibration to my vibration. That's what empathically, that's how I've worked with people. Um, you know, in my life, sometimes as a teacher, sometimes as a police officer, and in my personal life with relationships as well. It's, I feel your energy, I feel what you're feeling, and over time, I'm going to project my frequency and vibration on you. Most of my life, this hasn't been a conscious thing. Actually, as I'm going through this right now, it's all making more and more sense to me to talk about it. So, I, I don't know, maybe there's more types of interactions, but you've got the, the, the negative harmony the anti-harmony, where it just doesn't jive. You don't like each other. You can't be around each other. You just don't like this person because it's because the energy you're both putting off, the waves don't harmonize. Then you've got those two waves, everything falls into place. And then you've got, well, my wave's going to meld with yours and we're going to find a new harmony together. Um, you know, the fix you wave. Wow, that makes that makes sense to me right now. I'm feeling a little bit better, but as an empath, you have to you have to unplug and you have to ground yourself, um, and that's not always easy to do. And right now, I think that's what I'm trying to do because I got hit with a lot of different things. I'd say over the past month, I'm dealing with some stuff in my personal life. Nothing, nothing bad. Just life changes, you know. Um, and, and, but I'm going through a lot of reflection. I'm going through a lot of reflection, some self-reflection on some things. And um, so I think that makes me emotionally vulnerable, which is dangerous for an empath. And then, like I said, I've encountered a lot of people that have been going through emotional things as well. A lot of students that have been coming to me with with challenges they've been dealing with, and I've been trying to work with them through that. Um, you know. And then just the elation of the end of the year, you know, I walked down the hallway today and I just, as soon as I walked into the school, I was like, oh my gosh, this building feels different. Every teacher, now in the high school that I worked at for the second half of the year, teachers really didn't talk to me too much. Every teacher that walked past me today, morning, good morning, beautiful day, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. And I'm thinking in my head, this is fake. And, and it's not that it was fake. It's just that the energy today was, 
it's the last day of school. So everybody was excited. Everybody was in a good mood. And you could feel, well, I could feel it. Um, so the energy's just been all over the place. I hope I'm not just boring you guys with this, but as I'm working through this, it's just been all over the place. Um, I, 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 you know, for grounding, I'll give the best advice that I can right now. Meditation, number one, is huge. Um, physical movement and exercise is, is also important. Get that chi moving. Do yoga, um, martial arts, tai chi, uh, running helped me, walk, brisk walks, swimming, um, you know, it definitely, it definitely helps. When I ran last night, I was able to clear a lot of that stuff off. I feel like, I feel like I have to shed it. I feel like it's just, it's on me and it's affecting me. Um, and again, it's not bad. It's just confusing right now. I feel like all this different emotional energy running through me. So, um, those are things that I find work right now. I think it's just going to take also some time. Uh, I'm not going back to school. I'm going to just be, you know, me and my kids and my kids are their own, emotional baggage, you know, and, and, uh, and my wife as well. Um, but that's the energy I'm used to harmonizing with. So I'm, I'm going to take time when I can to sneak away and, and exercise and, and be alone in the moments that I can as well. Um, because I got to get back to Dennis as, as silly as that sounds. Do you deal with this? Um, you know, I, I know it can be overwhelming. Just take your time. Uh, and find what works for you. Do things that help you relax. You know, take a nice bath. I did that tonight before the show. I was so worked up. I, I didn't think I was going to be able to do the show. Uh, so I, I soaked in the tub for about a half hour. And that helped calm me down as well. So find things that are going to help you to relax and to uh, to ground yourself. And I think that, you know, you'll get through it. I think ultimately this, is a, this can be a good thing. But it can be an, an exhausting and an overwhelming thing at times too. And, and um, you're going to hit those points of crisis or those points of just I, you need to get away from everything. Um, so if you've had these experiences, uh, let me know. Uh, and I'm asking sincerely, you know, what do you do to deal with these challenges? Like I said, this has been a challenging week. I'm not through it yet in terms of just processing the energy. Um, so what do you do? Or my usual weekly question, is Dennis crazy? I'd like to hear that too because that's how, that's honestly how I'm feeling. I mean, who, who says that? Who says, you know, well, I can't tell if these are my feelings or someone else's that I'm processing right now. It's just a weird thing to say. I got to stop saying that, though, because my goal is to make the paranormal normal and the supernatural natural. I want to make this less weird. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, through discussions like this, we can do that. So please let me know. Let me know your thoughts, um, you know, out there. Uh, and also, side note, I've been getting your emails over the past week. Um, you know, I guess after listening to this, it's been tough for me to respond. I am going to respond. I'm hoping by the end of this weekend to get back to those of you that reached out to me. Uh, I'm just so thankful whenever you guys reach out and tell me, hey, I'm going through this too, or here's what happened, or hey, I love the show. Um, you know, that that means the world to me. Um, so if I haven't gotten back to you yet, um, it's there. It's in my inbox. I, I have a big star next to it, and I look at it every time I go in my email. So I haven't forgotten you. Um, but I do want to say thank you to those of you that have been reaching out to me. It, it means the world. Um, because sometimes this show gets exhausting and I say, well, why am I doing this? And when I get an email from one of you, I say, that's why. That's why. Because we're not alone and we're in this together. And I'm, I'm happy that some of you find comfort and, and help in this and, and enjoy it as well. So I'm losing my voice, friends. So uh, I think I'm out of time. I'd like to thank you all for listening. I got some guests lined up now that I'm on summer vacation within the next week or two. I've, I, I think I gave a plug last week people who travel out of the out of their body and uh, into someone else's consciousness and people who travel out of their body and help lost souls make their way to the next the next level wherever that may be some great things lined up more to come on this my friends i also want to encourage you to check out sixcentsmedia.net follow us on facebook facebook.com/the6centsmedia find our exclusive Facebook discussion group as well. The links are uh, in the show notes and are up at sixcentsmedia.net. We welcome you to come join. It's where a lot of great discussion is going on. Follow us on Twitter, six underscore cents underscore media. And uh, lastly, follow me on Instagram all at author Dennis Nappy the second. Um, I've been killing it with my Instagram story game lately. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've been killing it, but I've been really putting a lot of work into it. And uh, Ray and I are building up. We have a Six Sense Media YouTube channel that's coming online. I have my own YouTube channel as well. Um, I finally upgraded my internet, so 
um, more secret podcasts will be uploaded. And I've been working on uh, like a daily vlog, which I've been having some fun doing, just two to three minutes talking about this random, you know, intuitive and psychic interaction I've been having, um, you know, each day. So uh, I hope you'll check that out as well. Links will be up at sixcentsmedia.net and in my show notes and stuff uh, in the coming days and weeks. Check it out. Please give me your feedback. And don't forget, like, share, comment, because it helps promote the show. Uh, It helps so much. And I hate saying that, but uh, we could really use your help in promoting this. Check out uh, one more thing. If you missed my reading of the introduction of I Am Human Food for the Archons, it's up on the Facebook feed. I'll try to get a link up on SixthSenseMedia.net as well. But uh, scroll through the videos on the Facebook feed because I did a live video at at, uh, the Sixth Sense Media Facebook page. So check it out. And please... Please provide some feedback. You know, as I'm getting ready to launch this book, I want to involve you guys. I want to know what your thoughts are on that introduction that I released. So that's all the time I have, my friends. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy summer. And uh, I will see you next week. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of the Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep open mind. Oh, my God.